Welcome to, what is this, number 16? I don't know, 15, 16, something like that? We have a very special guest today. Very special. I'd like to introduce the Oaken Bros universe to a good friend of mine and Eric's for how many years now, Greg? 20? You know, I was thinking about that on the way over to my office. Uh, It's been like 20 years. Can't believe that. Greg Tanner, everybody. Big shout out to Greg Tanner. Real estate magnate? Yeah. Is that what you call it? A real Mogul. estate tycoon. Mogul. 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 See, we've known Greg. I've known Greg since I was probably in high school, and Michael knew Greg since college. I met Greg in college, and we we were like two moths to a flame. You know, we we were attracted to each other immediately. We became great <laughs> friends. We had so much in common. Greg came to me. He's like, "Will you be my friend?" I said, "I would love to be your friend." And I said, Greg, would you be my friend? He said, I would love to be your friend. And I got to tell you some of the best days of my life, some of the best nights of my life, not Do even days. Do you still have that friendship bracelet that I gave you with the half of the heart? <laughs> I'm not wearing it now, uh, but yeah, no, I still have that. It's, one it's a friendship also. high. It's a, fr- it's a friendship necklace. Yeah. I think that's actually how we met. I said, hi, and you're like, oh, <laughs> finally, one of us around here. There's nothing like a little Jewish humor yeah. with, with Greg. And, and you always let me tag along, and that was always yeah. appreciated. We had a I couple hot. It was kind of like I always wanted a little brother. And you got one. You and were the little one. brother in your house. That's right. And That's- now Greg, Greg and I have been really good friends for 20 years now. And we've had a couple hiatuses, but nothing terrible. And, you know, when, when we always reignited our friendship, it was like no time has passed. Yeah. And the minute Greg found out that the Oaken Bros were doing a podcast on business and life and, yeah. you know, um, you know, wealth and everything, he's like, you got to get me on. So, Greg, you're our official non-BLS first guest. I'm honored. Right. right? Who's who's Tanner? Who's high pitch? Who's high pitch? So what are you doing these days? Where are you yeah, working? All right. So I'm an executive <clears throat> manager vice executive manager at Lee and Associates, which is a boutique real estate, real estate shop in the city. Uh, we have about 85 brokers here in Manhattan. I specialize in retail leasing, uh, basically meaning everything you see at the base of a building in Manhattan through shopping centers around the country and all over the world. I try to put fashion tenants, fitness tenants, restaurants, all into different spaces so they can be successful. So I have a loaded question. Mm. What, where do you find your clients? Is it all word of mouth? Is it because you've been doing this for so many years? Uh, you know, it's a really loaded question. I've been doing this for 18 years. So it's kind of really a lot of referral right now. Mm-hmm. I have a team that works for me. They bring in leads. But for the most part, I've built up a network of attorneys, accountants, business professionals, guys like you. Uh, I play a lot of golf, a lot of tennis, and I just really work a room and work an industry to get that repeat business. A lot of my clients that I've done a good job for, which is 100% of my clients, give me business as well. I mean, they're happy with the service I offer them. So when they have friends and other customers that are looking for retail space or even office space, they know where to call. Greg always hustled. Right. When we were in college and if Greg wanted to meet a crew of friends or, you know, you know, people that he wanted to hang out with, Greg hustled and he and he taught me the art of hustle. What, you know, and and his personality takes it the entire distance. Right. You I know, think Greg really doesn't of co-calling and knocking on a door. I mean, listen, 18 years ago when I started in this industry, it was 
it's really scary to say that we're old enough. Mike and I are old enough where we didn't have this type of technology. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Starting off, I literally, and this is like a grandpa story. I got a phone book and a phone, and they're like, "Here you go, kid. Make calls." And I'm like, uh, "What do I do?" They're like, "Figure it out." So I figured it out. Um, I was working on Long Island at a company called Sutton and Edwards, which was another boutique shop. And I was doing industrial warehouse leasing, which doesn't sound so beautiful or glamorous. I basically got my Timberland boots on and shit kicked all over the market. But what I realized is to become a master in one market. So Long Island is a very big island. And the industrial market over there is substantial. And back in 2001, 2002, when I started off, um, I didn't have a BlackBerry. I didn't, I barely, I mean, I had a cell phone. I think it was a flip phone and the charge would last for 30 minutes and then it was dead. Right. I spent probably about 12, 13 hours a day in my car and I was living in the city and driving back to Long Island to go to work. So I mastered this neighborhood in Deer Park, basically exit 51 to exit 53 and knocked on every single person's door, understood their lease expiration, how much space they're in, who their landlord is, and what they're paying in rent. And from there, I basically built my own Rolodex and kept on mailing them, calling them, and finally it would click. And I, I think I remember one of the best calls I made, and I'm gonna leave names out because it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. I'm driving around Deer Park and I saw a sign that said, for rent by owner, so I called yeah, so I saw a sign that said for rent by owner. So I called them. I got back to my office. I wrote down the number. I called them. I was like, hey, is, uh, you know, are you looking to hire a broker? He's like, no, actually, I'm not. I said, well, is your building for sale? I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? Is your building for sale? What if he says yes? What am I going to do? He goes, actually, no, it's not for sale, but I'm looking for a building to buy. Do you have anything? I'm like, yeah, sure, I have something. I had nothing. I hung up the phone. I <laughs> Fake it till you make it, Tanner. I looked in the newspaper that day and I saw a for rent by owner, this 40,000 square foot building. I call up the owner and I was like, hey, are you looking to sell your building? He's like, why would you think that? I said, well, because you have 2,000 square feet available. Maybe you want to sell it. He goes, actually, I do. I go, what's the number? He goes, why don't you meet me? I got back in my car, drove to Deer Park met with the owner. I had, again, I'm 22 years old. I have no clue what I'm doing. I pull up. I was like, how much you want? He goes, 1.8 million. I was like, oh, okay. That sounds great. <laughs> Got back in my car, made the call to the first guy that said he was looking to build a, buy a building. I said, hey, I got this building for you. I told you I had something. Biggest line of bullshit that I ever had. <laughs> I was just able to pull it down. He goes, okay, great. Let's go meet at the building. Well, how much is it? I said, 1.8 million. Sounds good to me. He goes, all right, let's go see. Get back in my car, drive to Deer Park, meet with the owner and the buyer, shake hands, go back in my car. And I sold the building within like six months of starting. It's amazing. I made a good amount of money at 22 years old. It was six figures. And I was like, wow, uh, this is easy. And I just continued to just call people and build a relationship. So after I left Sutton, I came into the city where the real money is in real estate and worked for CB Richard Ellis. I was there for seven years and went into the retail group and again, took that same method, just started calling one market. And that market in the city I picked was Meatpacking District. Right. Meatpacking District back in 2006 when I came into the city to start leasing was nothing. There was still meat hanging from the hooks. Florent, 
historic restaurant was open on Gansevoort Street. There was crack whores still walking around. I saw some BLS limos driving around. Who knows? <laughs> so what did I do? At 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, I would go down to that market, walk around, start knocking on doors. I became friendly with a very good landlord down there that owned one-third of the market, and I started representing him. And from there, I leased out about 800,000 square feet in the meatpacking district on retail. I did like the second WeWorks deal in New York, which oh, like that? now is a historic deal. Yeah. Um, Chrome Hearts, Uggs, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of nightclubs. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And I think one of the most remarkable deals that I did in meatpacking was the Tesla Global Flagship wow. at 860 Washington, which was about 11,000 square feet, which is a remarkable project because I saw it from the ground up. And uh, there was one tenant for that building, and I called it from the beginning of marketing to the end. It's amazing, Greg. So, I have another question. So, you said that you have people working for you. Now, do you tell your brokers, juniors, juniors do, do you tell them, figure it out? Or no. do you give them tools or like, do, do you give them your stories? How, how, so you have, you have a new kid that's working for you what what do you do to get them onboarded? How do, how do you get them in the field? So I never want someone to go through what I did. It was frustrating. It was exhausting. But thank God I'm smart enough to learn on my own. And it's something that I've always done as a kid that if someone's not teaching you something, I'm going to teach it to myself and I'll figure it out. So with my juniors, to save everybody time and to make more money, I give them the fundamentals of what to do. I mean, I have a lot of agencies, meaning I represent buildings and tenants. So I put them on assignments and I teach them what to do. I love educating people, especially in this type of industry and in any industry that I can teach. Um, it, it's just more beneficial to them so they get a clear picture. I mean, there is something to say about throwing a phone book and a phone in someone's face and saying, go figure it out. I mean, but that, that made you stronger. that made you to who you are. So the question is, are you doing them a disservice by not kind of giving them the school of hard knocks a little bit? Because like you, your journey puts you where you are right now. So it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Eric, but time is money these days. And I can't right. wait six months or a year for someone to figure it out because they might not get it. Right. And if they don't get it, I'm SOL. Right. You understand what it means, right? You can say, you can curse. You've, I think you already have cursed on this podcast. Fuck off. I haven't cursed. <laughs> what would you have done with an iPhone when we were in college? You know, like what, what would first start it selfies. <laughs> Seriously, like how do you think that your journey would have changed if you would have had the technology back in college? Then, you know, the way, I mean, you're right. We're dinosaurs. I mean, we used to talk on AO, on AIM, Instant Messenger. That's right. That's right. You know, you were the first person. I want to just preface this. Greg was the first person to let me use a cell phone. I still had a beeper, all right, in college. And Greg's like, no, you got to get this new thing. It was Greg and Mitch. They're like, you got to get a cell Everybody phone. Everybody had Nextels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what's, you know, like a cell phone? I have a car phone. Mom and dad put a <laughs> put a car phone. You had the suitcase, didn't you? No, no, no. It was it was installed into the car yeah, because like, we, we had like phones. In. We had phones in all of our in our limos back then, right, when they were limousines. Right. And um, I would. I think that's when you were driving a Ford Explorer. Yes. That was the only car I ever drove. That's right. Yeah, good memory, Greg. Um, but, you know, he, he let me use his cell phone. One day we were like at, at a bar. I'm like, 
I need to make a phone call. Can can I use this? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I, he's like, don't. I need that back. <laughs> I feel like a dollar a minute. To do you think that you do you think that your journey would have been? You think you would have been bigger if we would have had the technology growing up? I mean, like you can't go into the past, but like, do you think that if we had the cell phones and we had the the social media? I mean, email. Email. Right. We didn't even have email growing up. Do you? No, th- we had email going up. We had an AOL. We had AOL. Like- right. We did have AOL. <laughs> Do you think that the journey would Didn't have been? Did you used to get my club invites on AOL? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Limelight. Yeah, that's right. Greg was always hustling. <laughs> Greg was always hustling. He was always trying. Do to you do you think it would have been different for you? Do you feel that you would have been in a different position now if if we would have had the technology that our children are growing up with now? So it's it's in, it's interesting. You know, I've had millennials that work for me that are just all about their cell phone. I don't think I would be as strong on the phone, on a regular phone, like picking up a phone and making a phone call and having a social interaction and being able to take someone out to lunch, dinner, drinks, play golf and carry a conversation. I mean, you have to be well-versed in all aspects of life and education to carry on a conversation with the CEO of a major corporation. Right. You know, Words some of, of wisdom. Best, yeah, it, it really is. Some of the best deals I've done. Yeah. Right. Some of the best deals I've done or some of the best clients I've made return into my friends. And it's because I hit that personal connection. And if you're tucked behind a cell phone, you don't understand what it's like to look at someone in the eye and have a personal connection. I mean, here, listen, I'm 40, almost 41 years old. I've been through a shit ton of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all lost people in our lives. I've mm-hmm. gotten married. I've gotten divorced. I have two kids. So I have a lot to talk about. Right. I play a lot of golf. I play a lot of tennis. I've traveled around the country. I've traveled around the world. These kids today, it's, it sounds it really, I sound like my grand, I am my grandpa. Right, I know. But it's Greg, the it's the truth, man. It's, the truth. it's the truth. Eric well, and I talk you know, about this you know as well. Have, you know what happened, to Greg? You know, I'm, I was always behind the scenes and I realized and I would watch my mom and my, my brother sell. And then when they're like, you know, it's time, you got to come at, you got to come back from behind the scenes and you have to start selling. I went out and I was amazed that my mom and my brother were able to hold conversations with people. And then I was just sitting there with my hands in my lap. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I realized I have to create a shtick. And then that's when I started talking about diet. That's when I started talking about my kids and their allergies and just like, you know, you, you just find that connection. Personal right. connection is how you win business. And that's 100%. that's why Greg and I became friends. It, it's really interesting. It was it was Greg, Lance, Mitch, Neil. There was Sammy there, too. But we all met each other. We didn't just sit there and look at each other. There was conversation between all only, of us. Not only that, like, well, that's also because we didn't have distractions. I mean, listen, when I take my kids right. out to dinner, I have them every weekend. I say to Dylan and Jade, guys, cell phones, iPads down at dinner. There are no cell phones, no iPads allowed. Right. I've gone off of social media except for LinkedIn because it was a distraction. I mean, there was no reason for it. And there's no way to make a personal connection through a cell phone. And you're right, Mike, making that personal connection with people, even friendship, is a way to survive and grow in business. 100%. Yep. 100%. And and I just realized that was a seat. I just thought they were my really good friends in college. I didn't realize that we all had similar goals. No, we, we all- actually weren't really good friends. We knew that you owned a limo company and we were like, <laughs> yes, free rides. What do we do? Tell our listeners, tell our listeners what we did every weekend. What was a typical weekend for, for Greg, Mitch, Neil, Lance, you, me, Eric was involved. What do we do every weekend? 
We went to the city, went to one of the clubs that I was promoting. And we get a fucking car, right? A Suburban. We drive around. The best was when we no, had the those, dark tinted was, window Suburbans. Excursions. They were, they were excursions. They were, they were the excursions. Excursion. It rhymes with Suburban. Whatever, yes. Eric. Stop being so fucking technical. Well, it's, the, I'm some of the best. Was, the excursion was twice the size of the Suburban. All right. That's the whole so point. So anyway, we take Shut an excursion. Up, we'd all jump in. We'd drive around club hopping. Yep. We'd roll down the window and be like, yo, bitch, you've been punked. I'm Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I think we've even told doorman at some of the best clubs in the city that Justin Timberlake was in our car. We used to tell people we were in sync. <laughs> and people, or no, they would. I, we would tell people we were filming a reality show. <laughs> we just that was, I think, even before reality was big. I think that's when yeah. like the real world. I was like, you know, we have a camera crew following that was, that, us. That was the only the only reality show was Real World. Right, on MTV. right. right. We, we were all cast members of it or something. <laughs> Real World Long Island. Listen, we, we, had, we had a good but time. But listen, you know, like, you guys had hustle. Yes. To, to even come out with that, you guys, to, what you, when going out and hooking up and, and making connections, you guys made it your job. 100%. And that, that just carried over into, into your professional world. You didn't always good practice. You didn't always want to do this, though, Greg, right? You, were, you liked real estate. You loved real estate. But I don't remember that was being your specific career. Yeah. It was literally an accident how I got into this. So business. what did you want to be when we were in college together? I mean, I knew we were going to be in the transportation. An astronaut. I wanted to be an astronaut. A I wanted to be an astronaut. And a baseball player. And a, and a baseball player and a professional football. Now, I always wanted to do something that made me money and quickly. I mean, I never wanted to work for anyone. And I could never really work for anyone. I also don't have the attention span to sit behind a desk. Right. I mean, I am literally sitting here and fidgeting constantly <laughs> with like a pen in my hand. <laughs> I should get one of those fidget spinners that my kids play with all the time, or at least did until, you know, squishies came out. <laughs> anyway, um, I was home uh, one weekend or one day during the week, and my dad's office was in the house. He owns real estate by default from his father. And he had no clue what he was doing with it. And a broker called. I picked up the phone, his office line. I go, hi, what do you want? And he's like, uh, who's this? I go, it's Greg Tanner. Um, who's this? He goes, it's Stephen Schwartz. I was like, okay, great. What do you want? He I goes, know Stephen Schwartz. What's that? I know Stephen, I know Stephen Schwartz. There's a hundred thousand. I know <laughs> the Stephen Schwartz that you, in real estate. I mean, back, yeah. you know, we were always looking for real estate. So I would yeah, always. I think I helped you guys out a couple of times, like Vegas or in here. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, Steven's on the phone and he's like, is your dad there? I was like, you can talk to me. I always knew the properties my dad owned because even when I was younger and I got a car at 17, my dad would hire me because I owned a snow removal company when I started at 13 because I was always hustling. And he said, you know, go manage my properties, go shovel the snow, remove it, blah, blah, blah. So I knew every single property and I was always interested in it, just never knew what I wanted to do with real estate. So he goes, I want to talk to you about McGinnis Boulevard. I'm like, okay, great. What do you want to talk about? He goes, well, is it available? I said, yeah, sure. He goes, how old are you? I said, I don't know, 19? I did know, but I wanted to see like what his feeling was. And I was just feeling him out on the phone. He goes, I want you to come in and intern for me. I go, you never even met me. He goes, I don't need to. I can hear your personality on the phone. Right. And I was schmoozing with him, blah, blah, blah. So I went in the next day and I got an internship. And I was driving all over the boroughs, the Bronx, looking for sites for... 7-Eleven and GNC. I think I closed like one deal as an intern and then progressed from there. But uh, that's how I fell into real estate. I never really knew what I wanted to do. It's amazing. I mean, do you really know what you want to do in college? You just want to make money. I mean, we're Jewish kids from Long Island. What else do we want to do? Was there any, were there any books that you read 
uh, any any podcast. Well, we weren't they weren't really podcasts. Podcasts, back. I mean, dude, this is twenty years ago. Who was no, influential? To, who yeah, was who, influential who, to you? Right. Who who influenced you? Was it Jordan Belfort? Was it you know? Was the, I see the Wolf of Wall Street on your back wall? Yeah, I mean, money influenced me. It sounds like greed and everything. And listen, you know, they they always said that money doesn't make you happy. They're right. It makes life easier, though. Right. Correct. Sure. Right. So, um, who influenced me? Um, my grandfather did, mm. you know, he owned a lumber company in Brooklyn and he right. worked until he passed away at 93 years old. That was about like 13, 14 years ago. Right. Um, we went to that shiver call. We came to your house for yeah, that. You did. I think it, I, I still have some of the cookies you bought frozen <laughs> in the freezer, <laughs> but I can't eat cookies anymore. Um, yeah, I think he was probably one of the biggest influencers in my life. I mean, most people say like, oh, this celebrity, this person in business, Jeff Bezos, whoever it is. It was my grandfather to me. I mean, I saw him. I used to go to his lumber yard. I used to see him crack the phone and curse at people. Where the fuck are my trucks? This lumber delivery is late. I mean, he sat in the pit. He didn't. He was the owner of the company from right. 1907. It's amazing. And he sat in a bullpen with all of his employees at co-called and he sat there as the CEO of the company and got on the phone with everybody else. It's amazing. He shit. He wore a suit and tie every day, but he was a real person. And no matter how much money he made, he still felt like a person that doesn't deserve a corner office. Right. Right. And I think that's good. You know, a lot of formats right now with office space is going to an open bullpen so that everybody's on the same equal playing field. I like to go out in my bullpen and make calls with everyone. Right. Do you, what do you want for your children? Do you want your children to follow in your in your steps? Do you want them to have careers in real estate? You know, how old are your kids now? Dylan's nine. Jade's six. Dylan's in basketball and DJing. His DJ name is DJ Kit Kat. Big shout out to him. <laughs> I bought him turntables at seven years old and the kid just crushes it. That's I mean, awesome. it's amazing. Awesome. I'm happy that he's into music. I mean, again, you know, not going with like a white Jewish boy from Long Island. He is not going to be a billionaire sports player. We all know this. He's going to make more money being in music. He's going to own the team. He's not going to be playing the sport. Plus, uh, that's a little bit far fetched. You never know. You never you know. know. Maybe he'll be a manager. I don't know. He loves basketball. He loves DJing. He loves music. And he loves, sorry, must be some issue in the city for once. You're, you're, de you're definitely podcasting from live from New York right now. Live New York. It's Monday morning. Um, and what about Jade? Do you want Jade to have a career? Yeah, I think it's important for women to have a career. I mean, especially after the uh, Me Too movement, mm -hmm. women want equal rights. Why wouldn't you want the same rights for your daughter being 100%. an executive or a CEO of a company, you know, being intelligent and smart? So for both kids, I want, you know, my parents, the way I grew up was I want you to do whatever makes you happy. I was a huge tennis player growing up. I played tennis since I was three. I was ranked 26 in the country under eight. So where do you, where do you want Jade? Where do you want your daughter? And we both have daughters around the same age. Kayla just turned seven uh, this past weekend. Where do you see your daughter? I mean, where do you want Jade? I mean, you, you want your son to be the next dead mouse, right? The next marshmallow. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I want Jade to do this, whatever she wants to do, whatever makes her happy. You know, as mm -hmm. I was saying before, I think before we got cut off, 
I was a big tennis player. Do you believe in the law of attraction? And do you believe in like Tony Robbins and self-help and self-development and stuff like that? Or are you just more cynical? Um, it's a good question. I know if I disagree with Tony Robbins, Mike will jump through the phone and <laughs> no, no, not like not at all. A lot of people I believe definitely in self-help. I don't think I'm completely cynical in that aspect. I mean, I think it takes whatever it takes for each individual to succeed in life. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's whatever works for you. Now, look here. You but, have I mean, someone. You have someone here that didn't go through the Anthony Robbins program. You have someone here that didn't, um, uh, you know, uh, read, yeah, read, read any read, read the self. secret. But right? like the thing is, like, did he even need to? Because it seems like you know he had drive to do it. But but here's that's, the thing, Eric. I think you're either born with it or you're not. Hundred percent. Not a skill that you can teach. You can't teach someone how to make a connection with someone and to close deals with them. They can try to learn, but you can't teach them. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like white man can't jump. Are you listening to me or do you hear me? It's right. the same thing, right? So yeah, I'm listening, but I don't hear you. I'm teaching you, but you're not learning. Right, that's so, very profound, Greg. I didn't think you were that smart. I'm very impressed. I uh, surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, you know, like you, I'm that like kid that looks really dumb, but actually there's a brain behind him. It's, it's scary, but that's your stick. That is my thing. Like people look at him and been like, Oh, he's six, threes heavy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You're six, three. You're lumbering. Was that your lumberjack? Gentle giant. You're a gentle giant. He's a lumberjack. Gentle man. giant. Listen, you're, you're a flirt. You, you, you cut to the core. You don't. You don't fuck with people. But like when you go out and sell, are you selling? Are you like I'm the best real estate agent on the planet? Or no, are you talking about? I don't, so most people would 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 is the difference between me and other people in my industry, or ninety percent of my office is I don't go and pitch right like buildings. It's called the space chucker. I pitch ideas and I pitch concepts. I also pitch my experience. Listen, I'll give you all the experience you want, but you're either going to hire me or not. I, I cut through the shit. I have a 30-minute meeting with someone, and I can tell probably within the first 90 seconds if we're going to connect or not. Otherwise, thanks for your time. I'm out because I don't want to work with you as much as you don't want to work with me. I'm not going to try. It's kind of like dating, right? Mm -hmm. Like you try and call this girl and girl, girl, like, hey, you want to go out with me? She says no. She says no. She says no. She finally says yes. Took her three or four times to say yes. Take her out and she's like, wow, I should have gone out with you. It's kind of like the same thing with business, right? You're going to get the phone slammed in your face. You're going to get the door slammed in your face. But don't ever stop doing that until you make that connection. Once the connection is made, you'll either know if it's going to go anyplace or not. I mean, listen, I've said no to people in terms of working. Like, this just doesn't make sense for me. This isn't going to work for me. Right. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> It's so. truer words could not have been spoken. It really is. It's about the personality. It's about being street smart. Were you good in school? I mean, I don't like, were you good in, like, did you get good grades? I don't even know how to read, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I got good grades. Like I was a B, B plus student. Like, why'd you even go to school? 
I honestly, don't really know. I honestly don't know. We I wish talk I about that a lot, Greg. I would have saved my parents so much money and I would have been, you know, another four or five years ahead of myself now. I don't really think, and this is going to sound terrible to any parent that's out there that has a young child. I don't know how important school is these days. Oh my God. Awesome. That's all we talk about. That was one, that was, that was the first three podcasts we talk about education. What our kids are going through in common core today. It's just awful. They're not teaching the kids about life. No, they're not. They're teaching them. It's just like they're making them into robots. I mean, my kids go to Jericho schools and they're fucking robots. But thankfully, my son, Dylan, he is very street smart. He's very inquisitive. Uh, he's extremely creative. So he really reminds me. I mean, like he's trying to sell things. He tries to sell me. Been like, Dad, if I do this, this and this, will you buy me this? I'm like, yeah, but you have to do these things. He's like, yeah, no problem. I got this. And I mean, he negotiates with me all the time and I love it. And I, I see him in the mall. So I bought him the new cell phone, the iPhone 11. Mm -hmm. What fucking nine year old has a iPhone 11? Yeah, one from Long Island. <laughs> so he wanted to get a case for it. I was like, okay, great. Go talk to these people and negotiate a deal. He goes, okay, no problem. So he goes up to this guy in Roosevelt Field Mall and he goes, I need a cell phone case for my cell phone for the iPhone 11. He's like, okay, great. Which one do you want? He goes, how much is this one? Dylan says this to the guy. He goes, $25. And I, I'm just standing behind Dylan. He's standing there with his sister. He goes, 25 bucks? The guy down the hall is selling them for 15. Why would I buy it from you? Mm -hmm. Give me a better price and I'll buy it right now. This is a nine-year-old talking. I mean, like, I'm looking at this kid and I'm seeing myself. And right. I'm like, holy shit, what have I done? Right. Or thank God, what have I done? So the guy goes, I can't sell it to you less than $25. It cost me $25 to buy and I'll sell it to you for $25. Dylan turns to him and goes, your business doesn't make any sense. The guy goes, why? He goes, you're not making any money. If you buy it for $25 and you sell it for $25, five you're out of business and he goes i'm out i literally thought i was on an episode of shark tank he watches it every single night right and it's amazing he's just learning business so what is the point of school he's learning everything i'll give him the option dylan you want to go to college you can go to college happy if you want to or if you want right. the money i was going to spend on college and start a business do that i wish my parents gave me that option yep. right absolutely Absolutely. You know, back in the day, get a degree. But today, it's all about who you know. I, mean, I, I don't. I want to mention. I down an Ivy League student in a job. I don't remember. Not because I was in a drunken days or anything. I don't remember anything from college except hanging out with my friends. Right. I don't remember the classes I took. I don't remember the teachers' names. I remember my elementary school teachers' names. I remember well, the fundamentals beyond reading, writing, and doing a little bit of math. What else do you need? What was your major post? Uh, we're CW I, I, post boys, by the party, way. Party? <laughs> For real, what was that? Was it PR? Was it publicity? Yeah, I think it was just communications. Communications. So it was a waste. I mean, it is a waste. I mean, right. Fundamentals. You know how to, you have to know how to read. You have to know how to write. Right. Um, I can't spell. Thank God for autocorrect. Right. I can't even get close to the word to spell it right. I'm like the. D E. <laughs> um, you need math. I, you know, my son comes home from school and he asked me the question. He's like, "What's more important, you know, English or math?" And I said, "Math, one thousand percent, is the most important subject that you'll ever need 
math was the most important thing? Yeah, math is just like an algorithm of life, right? It's it's everything that you need to be successful. You need to understand numbers. It's, I mean, education, like with with your with Siri today, you know, like my daughter, she has trouble talking, and she how and old is your daughter? She's now? nine. Wow. She's nine, and she has conversations via text message because she talks into it. And then, and then she'll, and then, and then she'll say, you know, what, what did this person just say? And like, you can literally go on your iPhone and find out any information you need about anything. And, and then they're making kids remember things in school. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's a little weird. I mean, you do need fundamentals of history. I mean, again, you know, I'm going to go back to saying that you have to make personal connections and you have to be well-versed in life and about everything. Like, I walk into a CEO's office. I don't say a word for 30 to 60 seconds. It's uncomfortable to do. I look at every single thing in their office and try to make that personal connection. Am I seeing someone on a golf course? Am I seeing someone in Bermuda or wherever, traveling? family, boats, cars, watches, whatever it is, I'm going to find that little Achilles heel and connect with them. So, you know, I disagree because you do have to remember certain things, especially history. I loved, I loved history. And I think history still plays a huge part of life right now. I mean, like you want to remember things from back in the day. You know, where was everybody at 9-11? That's history. The kids need to learn these fundamental times in life so that we can all grow together and have a better ecosystem for the most part. Hmm. Are you going to force your kids to go to college? Uh, I think I said that before. I'm going to tell them you have a choice. You can either take the money for college and start a business or go to work or you can go to college. It's going to be up to you. I'm not going to force it. My parents growing up, I think I said this before, I was a tennis player growing up. But the most important thing my father always said to me, he goes, when you're not having fun anymore, you don't have to do it. I'm not one of those, you know, soccer dads where it's like, you got to do this. Go fucking play, blah, blah, blah. I'm not like that. I, I want kids to have an easy life, a happy life. Life is way too short. We all know that. And um, they should be doing things that make them feel good and make them happy. So why force them into anything that they don't want to do? I always say it. I mean, listen, I have an ex-wife that I have to deal with. And, you know, if, if Dylan doesn't want to play soccer anymore, he doesn't have to. Why well, force him when he hates it? He's going to be chasing butterflies. I hated soccer. It's too much running. Who wants to run that much? It's like, yo, can I put a seat down in the middle of center field? Yeah, no. It's funny to see these Long Island dads, and I consider Greg a Long Island dad. No, do not say that. I'm so far from Long Island. Finish, bro. You didn't let me finish, bro. The idea is that, again, that's why we connected, because you have these, these dads who are pushing their kids. Like, Alex is 11 years old now, and these kids are in travel baseball, right? Mm -hmm. And they're absolutely miserable. Well, but, I'm sure but some the, kids are happy. Some kids are happy, you know, but they're pushing, and they're pushing, and they're pushing. See these kids... Um, unhappy and it's so funny how Greg is allowing his kid to make the choice that they want to make It's not what the parents want to make. We gave our children a smorgasbord. We said, okay, Kayla This is dance. This is tennis. This is acting you do what you want and take what you like um, The same thing with Alex. This is tennis. This is acting. This is art um, You know, this is golf you take what you like and run with it and You know, we're not forcing him to do any of it 
Right. You know what I'm saying? I heard everything that uh, you were saying about uh, the travel baseball. Yeah. Right. And the idea of that pushing your kid and forcing them to do something that they may not want to do is just going to create, um, I guess, resentment. You know, what in that child? you know, I always I always say if I would have my, if my son was born first, my wife and I would have been the cockiest parents on the face of the planet. But my daughter was born first and we got our asses kicked with her. I got our yeah. asses absolutely kicked. Girls are tough. Yeah, but you know, listen, she, she, she's learning, she's learning disabled and she was born globally apraxic and, and the, the point that I'm trying to make is you can't you, like everybody has expectations, but, and everybody has plans, but you can't be, you can't throw in the towel when what you thought was going to happen doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to be, uh, you have to, you have to be able to, to change gears when you're raising a child because you know, I thought that I was going to have two boys and it was going to just be like Michael and I growing up. But that's, that that was obviously very naive to think that way. Greg, I just got the, um, I just got the video of, of Dylan DJing. Can we put that on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Is that okay? We're talking about that. amazing because That's like amazing. watching him play he's got passion for it he's got passion and you're see the rhythm in his body too it's but awesome. like you're but you're nurturing that yeah no i'm giving him all the tools that he wants but again as long as he's having fun with it he'll do it and he's practicing he practices every day after school after basketball practice he goes into his room puts his headphones on and just spins out and he just loves it he loves music and it's great that's amazing. You have a lot to be proud of. That's really 100%. cool. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to take it to some place that you used to go with me. I now know why Dylan's connected to music. I went to see a couple of years ago a, uh, a medium, something that you love, Mike and Eric. And I think I told you about this and I, I get chills talking about it. The reason why Dylan loves music so much. So the medium told me that uh, my, Dylan's named after my grandfather. His name is Michael. Um, that's not Michael, but that's Dylan. But his Hebrew name is my grandfather. Anyway, technical. So he's, the, the medium said, goes, your son loves music. I said, yeah, ever since he was born, he'd always like be rocking to the beat. He goes, that's the way your grandfather, because your grandfather watches over your son, because my son had issues growing up. And when he was born, he had an eating disorder, blah, blah, blah. He goes, he's fine now, but his connection with your grandfather is music. And I think that's one of the reasons why Dylan just takes music to a whole different level. Absolutely, 100%. And there... 
your your grandfather's the one that's guiding him to this to this career. If that's going to be his career, it could be a passion for now. It could be a hobby, passion, whatever. What'd you say? Yeah, hobby, 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 passion. Right. It, it, he could become the next Steve Aoki. You don't know. It's it, he's not Asian. He's not Asian. <laughs> well, listen, Greg. You know, it, get put get his own YouTube channel. Um, you know, with crazy people out there, I, I'm I pulled it. I had one for him. I had an Instagram for him, but you know, there's just so much shit out there and he doesn't need that now. He's not. When he's older, fine. I'm just saying, you look at EvanTube. I'm sure they watch EvanTube on YouTube and stuff like that, right? Uh, They deleted YouTubes from their phones and iPads about a year ago when that freak was on there telling kids to do stupid shit. That was baloney. It was, news. It was, it was I know it was baloney, but it scared my kids, and my son actually took it upon himself to delete it from his phone and his sister's iPad. Right, Momo, Momo. Yeah, yeah. It was, wasn't it? It was us. <laughs> you found this out. You can watch the Oaken Bros podcast. You want to kill yourself after this. <laughs> so, what? What's the future? What, where do you want to go with your career? How big do you want to go? You're you're a partner in a firm now. Where, what's your five-year plan? What's let's, your yeah? Let's start with a five-year plan. Like what? What do you want to do? You know, I can never look at a five-year plan. I can look at a five-day plan. I don't really like to look into the future that much. Every day is something different for me. Um, you know, it's funny. My girlfriend, who I've been with for over a year, she goes, "What's your day like today? What's your day like tomorrow?" I'm like, pumpkin. I'm really not sure. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I have set meetings here and there, scheduled meetings, but throughout the day, it's kind of like the phone rings, there's another opportunity. I make a call, there's another opportunity. So five-year plan is kind of like bullshit these days. It's really, look at this week and accomplish this week. Worry about next week when it gets here. Sage well, advice. I mean, where, do you, where do you want to be when you're, okay, so where do you want to be when you're 60? Like, like, like. On the beach in Boca. <laughs> Are you gonna be one of those guys? No, yeah, really tan and have my golf game, eat dinner at 4.30. I'm going to spit when you eat. Um, (laughs) All over your face. I'm going to go back to the rascal house. I'm working on this deal, Mike. It's great. (laughs) The lobster comes flying in my eye. You know what the funny thing is, Greg? Like, Michael and I are such big proponents of game planning. Like, we know what building we want to buy in five years. Like, we know, like, we know that we want to. How, how can you do that when you don't even know if the building's going to be for sale in five years? What if it comes available right now? Saying the building, but I'm just saying we know the direction that we want to go in because we know goals are very important to us. Right. No, I understand that. And everybody should make goals in a five year plan. I understand the work week. We get it 100% that you got to take it day by day. But do you feel that having a goal of something like um, do you want to buy a bigger house? Like 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 what's your like I know I want to I want to buy a bigger house, so I'm always working towards that goal. Or I want to go and buy a vacation home or what whatever it is that I want to go and do, that's a goal or that's just what I'm game planning towards. Like do you have do you have an ultimate goal is it to be retired is it to be retired and i don't think i'll ever retire i, yeah. I, I my add is way too bad that what am i going to do sit around and wait till i die i right. can't retire it's not in my blood it's not in my dna my grandfather died at 93 he was working every single day of his life same I can't thing with our dad same thing with yeah, our dad he worked to the day right. he died 
I, I remember your dad. I remember the times that we had in Vegas when he'd be sitting there with his big cigar and at the craps table and we'd just be laughing. Yes. Same with your mom too. Send her my best, by the way. Thank always you. We will. We will. She was so excited that you were coming on today. I always felt like family when I was with the whole Oaken family. We used to spend a lot of time in Vegas together, all of us. We would go there. Drinking yardsticks down the strip. Uh, Carnival Court. Club Utopia. Carnival Carnival Court. Court. Carnival Court Court and Club Utopia. Eric lost his glass. With Diet Coke because we're always on a diet. (laughs) (laughs) Vanilla Stoli, Diet Coke on the strip in Vegas. Those were the days, man. No cameras, no cell phones. No social media. No social media. We we all got dressed. We'll meet in room, you know, twenty three thirty five. These were some of the best the, nights of my life. Hundred percent. I took you to your first club. Yes, you did. Did you real? Did I, I was sixteen. MGM. Was that light? Was that light at MGM at at Stu- Studio Fifty Four? Yes. I wanted to take you to Fifty Four, and you never wanted to go with me. You wanted to wait until because I was, but I, w- I was sixteen years old. Right. I was 16 years old. Some of the best. Good, I think you had a very good night that night. I did have a very good night that night. Yeah. I think I, I had, I was drinking, you know, I wasn't drinking vanilla sand Diet Cokes. I was drinking white Russians. Yes, you were. Yeah. You know, I think we saw and then the we went Russians to Club there. Utopia and you lost your glasses. Yep. He, he started raving and he started, <laughs> we had two glow sticks in his fingers. Yep. Yep. Great baby. Yes. And, and he knocked his glasses off and he couldn't find them and it just didn't matter. You didn't even see. We walked back to Harris that night. <laughs> that was a long walk. <laughs> it was a long walk, but man, I think I we did three card money with a homeless guy. I think. <laughs> I think Neil, Neil was with us, but Neil I think he Scott, ended up like, Neil, oh, I have to go to the gym. I think Mitch was there. You were there. Oh no, no, Mitch, nah, Mitch wasn't there. It was me, you, and Neil and Eric. Yes. It. Yeah. It was I think Andrew showed up later in the trip or something? Lieberman. I think so. Nah, I don't think he would. Maybe that was another was trip, there. maybe. Were you guys staying at the Luxor? No, yes, that was another. You, you, we were, no, we were staying there. That was we a different staying. trip, I think. No, that was the millennial. That was, that was yeah. Yeah. When the world was going to end, Y2K. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guess what? Didn't end. Yeah, we're still here. Ended that night, though. Yes. That was funny. That was, that was some, I still think about those times. And you look back at the pictures that we, you know, snapped in the middle of the night. Remember that little square camera that we, we had, had? A little that Canon camera. Silver, it was a silver camera. It was the size of your and thumb. It, it, it was, yeah, it was like that big. And you were, we were, we were fit in our pocket because it was, we didn't have cell phones. That's right. We, we did have cell phones. We all had full heads of hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. All I remember is Eric dancing in a cage. It's. <laughs> <laughs> He was so sweaty. I used to sweat. This little 16 year old Jewish boy with a white Russian in his hand drinking. He used, used to call me baby he fat. He gave the bouncer like 100 bucks. Is that what they used to call you, baby fat? Who knows? Yeah. 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 That was. Uh, yeah. She's, I, I watch. never allowed to go to Vegas until she's like 50. But is there going to be a karma thing? Like, because we had so much fun there. We were, but you I know. I think it's, it's just different times now. It's just I don't know. different all over the place. The kids, I mean, Greg, you're, you're, you know a lot of millennials. Do they even go to Vegas? Why would I know a lot of millennials? I don't know because they, they work for you or they something? work for you. They make me sound like a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hold on, bro. Yo, what's up, millennial? <laughs> I don't know a lot of millennials. I mean, the guys that work for me are thirty. So I guess that's a millennial and like 35, 36. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I d- yeah. They go to Vegas, but they go to Vegas for a different reason now. Like EDC is a big thing. 
Um, that was just past our prime. Yeah, thank God. I wouldn't want to live out in like the desert for three days. Coachella. No, it, it sounds like, a, uh, honestly, like I know one of uh, Alex's friend's dads is really into those festivals and he wants to go with me and he wants to take me in the worst way. You should go. I would love to you go. Should, you should go. But it just, I, I you shouldn't go. You should not go. Why? You think Sharon would kill me? I think Sharon will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon would kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we this was, a mi- I got to say, Greg, this was so much fun. This is like, you got to come into the studio at some point. You know, I don't know how yeah, often you get I to see that chair with a microphone. I'll only come in if your mother comes in with me. Done. We were going to bring Neil. Let's see her. We were going to bring Neil. Oh! Never <laughs> <laughs> come back from Miami. Yeah, but we'd no, lo- we, we'd we'd love, love to have Neil. you here with my mom. Yeah. That would be awesome. And uh, thanks. Greg. Did you like this, Greg? You had fun? Your first, like, yeah, you- I had a great time. I'm glad that we did it when we did at 8.30 before the day starts to get away from me. It's my five-year plan. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't budget this into that. I'm going to miss my five-year plan gotta, by 9.30. You, you got to constantly know where you're going because it seems like you're happy where you are, but where do you want to go, bro? Uh, you got to think about it. No, I, it, I mean, I know where I want to go. It's making logical expectations of where life should take you. That's all. Right. Again, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I live every day like it's my last. That's great. Yeah. Greg, thanks for coming on, man. That was so much fun. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. People are knocking at my door. I got to run. Later, Greg. Later, Greg. Thanks. Peace. Peace. And that wraps up an Oaken podcast with yeah. our very good friend, Greg Tanner. That was, that was amazing. Fun. It really was. It was. But that was a great podcast and a lot of... Uh, a lot of great insight for someone with an amazing personality and someone who built his career from the ground up that started with very cult great. calling. Very interesting. Very inspirational. And I'm really proud of him. I really am. You know, Greg had a lot of ups and he had a lot of downs and um, he surmounted all of those downs. Yep. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, right. Greg. That Let's was fun, up. man. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.